Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to podcast number 159. I am Chris Tilly and I'll be your host today. And I'm joined by Daniel. Hey Chris. Rich. Hello. Luke. Hello. And Tommy B. Hello Chris. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about GTA, X-Men 2, Castle Wolfenstein and a little movie deal that's happened this week. I would probably go and say it's the busiest week for news that's ever happened think, on yeah. IGN. Oh, well, IGN actually, <laughs> IGN almost melted this week. Because yeah. one, it was like a perfect storm earlier in the week where all this kind of nerd... There was nerd news, nerd reviews, just everything. Yeah. Big, big stuff. I've had a semi for about two two days solid this week. <laughs> Quite lightheaded. That's the new, the new IGN metric <laughs> like for reviews. It's been very exciting. So we, should we kick off with what we've been up to? Because I hope this is exciting. Or is it not? <laughs> oh, no, no, this is still exciting. This is the, yeah. this is the amble. Because you had a big review go up this week, didn't you, Chris? Uh, Daniel. I did. I, I was not the biggest review this week. That might have been Assassin's Creed 3, but I reviewed Need for Speed Most Wanted and I, I loved it. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just, just the game that's all about fun. It's, it's genuinely, pure, thrilling, it's genuinely it? exhilarating. That's what I said in my review. Like I get a, a, a genuine adrenaline kick off playing it, and I know my way around the city now. And when you you antagonize the cops, and you they're basically chasing you through the city, and you're going through building sites you know, and uh, jumping off bridges, and then hiding under bridges like Ryan Gosling in Drive. <laughs> what, I, what I like is it's like how Borderlands really makes you look forward to picking up a new gun and trying that new gun. It's like that, but with cars. Yeah. And so oh. every car has got something going for it. When you jump into the uh, like the Lamborghini Gallardo for the first time, you're just like... Argh! And you hit just, the nitro. The thing is, I'm not, so I'm not, you know, traditionally not a massive fan of racing games because I, I kind of... I, like, I've never been a big fan of GT because I can never... I've never perfected like finding that racing line and taking a corner. I don't like braking. And this is a game where you don't really have to brake. <laughs> Just like slide around and stuff, and you do, you're not even punished for crashing, really. No, no. crashing is part of the fun of it. Yeah, um, so play- yeah, I just think it's it's great. You should go get it, and it's such a high quality game. Like production values on it are insane. Looks beautiful, doesn't it? Yeah, and multiplayer. Well, part of the fun of multiplayer is like you're all driving around this big open world city. And you don't have to race each other. You just find each other and just crash into each other. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love the way... That the, what, what was the thing called? The, the five little race things that it sets up for you? Are they called race? Oh, it's called like... the kind of like race and playlists. Playlists, kind of, yeah. Like but I love the way that's set up. You basically... You, you're both in your cars. It sets you off in your cars and it says, get to this point. And then you're like, oh shit, you don't even know which way you're supposed yeah, to be it's facing. Not like, it's not broken off. up like your event will be starting in three, two, one, like a Halo match. It's like, you have to drive there first. Yeah. It, it's, pro- it, it's very... It's very loyal to that open world world feel. It doesn't like take you to loads of menus and stuff. Like you're in this world and you have to drive to everything. Yeah. And some people find that a bit of a negative. That but a driving I... game involves driving. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But anyway. It's and great. What, did, what did you give it? I gave it a nine. Ooh. It's really good. Things I feel <clears throat> I've given lots of nines out this year, but I've I've got to review some really good stuff. I think you have, yeah. What so else have you reviewed? I saw with Skyfall recently, I gave that a nine. Yeah. Uh, Max Payne. Yeah. Well, You've had a good year. Yeah. <laughs> You've quite a good year for reviews. I've got, I've, I was way through some shit, though. But tell us about the Vita version of Need for Speed. The Vita version's really good as well. It's it's basically the same game, but the graphics just aren't as good. 
and I think the biggest negative is the roads just aren't busy. <laughs> There's not a lot of environmental like um, traffic, right. so it makes some of the races a lot easier. You crash less. Like if you're doing a speed run, it's easier because there's not any cars on the streets. Yeah, that when you go whizzing into a tunnel and it goes from being bright to pitch dark and there's just cars. So like it lacks a lot of those the, really cool yeah. little kind of you know finishing touches that the console version has. But yeah, you should. They're both great games. You should go check them out. Rich, what have you been up to? I believe you've been on a little trip. I have went on a little trip to Zurich, which was uh, which was pretty cool. Basically, um, uh, Microsoft uh, allowed. A few people to to go out there and transformed Liechtenstein into a Halo Four arena. Where's like the whole the yeah. whole town? Yeah, yeah. Is it, Liechtenstein a country? country? Yeah, it, it's the capital of Liechtenstein. Yeah, yeah. It's isn't it? What? Isn't that? It, 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 yeah, it's a country. They, they took over the whole country. They they this this <laughs> I've been I've been told they rented it. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can rent Liechtenstein. Yeah. Didn't someone else rent Liechtenstein a while ago? Actually, Nazis. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and what happened? Um, so it was the first time that um, that anyone had done this, obviously, because it's ridiculous. <laughs> but they they set up um, kind of camps in fields and stuff and made it so that we were essentially soldiers going into a Halo world and we had to complete missions. And it was this immersive theatre um, kind of big production that they put on with, lo- with loads of actors. Um, Did you get dressed up in the outfit in the uniform? In the ha- no, unfortunately not. But we we, uh, we got given kit bags and we had to put on a bit of kit, um, and we were given like torches and so, camo paint and stuff. Well, let me get this right. Microsoft basically annexed the nation and brought in soldiers. Yeah, set up camps. Did anyone die? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody died. There was some fake dead people. Right. Um, well, those like really elderly Liechtenstein people having terrible flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. All of this. Did they set up concentration camps? <laughs> <laughs> when, when you said camps. Like, this is awful. But, but it, it was it was crazy. Uh, we were on a co- we were on a coach going to this destination which nobody knew where it was and then all of a sudden um, the UNSC uh, uh, military guy on our coach told the driver to kill the lights and pull over. <laughs> Um, yeah. We all, obviously we knew that something was going on, but we didn't really know what. Was Darren Brown involved? <laughs> Do you know what? I genuinely thought there was a part. I was genuinely <laughs> thought. I was like, is it like? Have I signed up for anything? I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, and then these soldiers came came onto the coach, evacuated the coach, huddled us into army jeeps, which were just pitch black, and transported us to to all these different locations where we had to complete these missions to save the world. And then um, ev- eventually, Master Chief came out of a mine tunnel. Big fireworks came off, like illuminating him. It was insane. It was just <laughs> mental. Rich Bear Park having the best day of his life. Yeah. <laughs> and what have you done that with this? Is, this? is this a video or a written yeah, yeah. Or? So, so this is this is going to be a video up on the site, uh, kind of like a, a wrap up of the whole of the whole event. When can I see this? Hopefully by the end of today. Oh really? Okay. Yes. So that's Friday. Yes. Um, so, but Halo's out next week, right? Yep, next Tuesday. Did cool. you get to play the game? Um, yep. Yeah, there was a there was a massive. Um, like play arena there for it. I didn't actually get to play because I was doing interviews and stuff. But um, uh, yeah, it looks great. And IGN kind of likes it. Just a little bit. Oh, yeah. God, very yeah. positive yeah. review. 9.8. Is, is that the highest review of the year for games? I, me and Alex were talking about this today. I, th- I think it is. Wow. There's a lot. Yeah, or like kind of, it will be for a console game. There might be something else out on iOS, yeah. but I, I can't remember there being a 10 this year. Jeez, I mean, Akami got 9.8. Four, I think. That which is, is a close. Nine point eight. Wow. I need to play it now. 
Yeah. And not like, interested in Halo in general. We say this on the podcast, IGN podcast all the time, but... but maybe you'll have to give this uni. one a go. I played a lot right. of uni yeah. with Halo. Yeah. So, like, multiplayer. The multiplayer in this one looks quite good as well. They've apparently incorporated bits of Black Ops stuff that's good. People will go crazy for it, though. It's yeah. it's going to be massive. Yeah. I mean, it's it's getting it's getting a bit silly now. Silly season's here. Mm. Like, Assassin's Creed, Halo, and then Call of Duty. You bloody hope it does well, considering the amount they've clearly spent on marketing and stuff, renting Liechtenstein. Like, I couldn't believe the amount of effort that went into that. Yeah. Like, they're cheap to rent. Didn't, I sw- yeah. someone's rented it before. Like Snoop Dogg has rented <laughs> it for a music video or something like someone's well, done that. Well, the 200th podcast, we should we should hire a country. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, Why not? <laughs> America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cheap. Um, Tom, what about your good self? Anything exciting happened in your world this week? Um, yeah, we had the we, we were made over by the Family Guy people. Which, if you haven't seen this picture, it's really really cool. Go onto our Facebook at IGN UK and see it. Um, but it's for, it's in our podcast room. Like we we took a picture of the podcast room, and yeah, they sent it off. They sent the photos. I'd completely forgotten that we'd done it. Yeah, I completely. had. I thought I I didn't chase it off because I thought maybe that's fallen through or something, and then it yeah. like, appeared in your inbox. And then all of a sudden it appeared. It's probably going to. He's kind of. He's captured the kind of grubby chic of the podcast <laughs> really effortlessly. There's like it's slightly like there's lint on the floor and so it's Peter Griffin with you guys. Yeah, and Brian isn't it as well? And Brian the dog as well. And we're playing what looks like a, a Nintendo. Um, I'm not yeah. sure why they gave us a Nintendo, but um, we're all being Nintendo fans. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Awesome. So but, will you embed that in the podcast story? Uh, we might do. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, I want to hear what Luke's been up to this week because he's got a very strange story to tell. <laughs> it's not. It's not particularly exciting, <laughs> but for me, it's it's the moment where I became a man. Really, I feel. <laughs> really, Luke. Um, yeah, we went to um, uh, we we went to um, Man Can you City. Tell this story. Well, I haven't heard it, so get on with it. Come on. Okay, we went to Man City to edit, um, <laughs> to capture some football players doing um, the crossbar challenge for IGM. That's soccer, that's soccer to our American Yeah, listeners. soccer. Um, um, what's so the crossbar challenge? Basically, Luke? you've we got haven't a, done it. We haven't put it on the site yet. Okay, well, you've got to kick a ball <laughs> into um, onto like a crossbar of a goal. Well, yeah, for FIFA, on, on FIFA. On FIFA, not in yeah, real life. FIFA, no. Um, so that's of, just of, again, I didn't make that very clear when we were there, and some of the players freaked out. They were like, "Gotta get my kit." Um, <laughs> so, it wasn't great. Um, so, so you're Man City, yeah, um, at the Etihad Stadium, and they um, and we discovered that we hadn't actually unlocked the challenge. Now, if any of you watched our FIFA live stream, you'll know that I'm not very good at FIFA. I've never played it before, and I really have no skills. So we had to unlock the bronze and silver level skill challenges in the space of ten minutes. And I only fucking did it. Like, you know, uh, all right. it took me right. two goes on the first one and then oh, one on the second one. And like, it's just... Was that, was that in front of any of the players? No, but then I, I was like, well, it, we wanted to make it look like someone's played the challenge before. So I went and I set the high score that none of them managed to beat right. as oh, well. It's pretty... set the edge off your story, but about 10 minutes before that happened, you rang me up shit in your pants. Yeah. 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 And, then, and then you rang me up. You sounded absolutely thrilled. You were like, I've become a man. So which players did you meet? Oh, did you? Oh, were there any faux pas? I can. You met Gareth Barry. Yeah. Vincent Company. Yeah. You get Balotelli. Uh, was James? No. Oh. Was James Milner there? He was, but we missed him. Um, Julian Lescott. Lescott. What did you call him? I called him Julian Lesko, <laughs> <laughs> which went down brilliantly. Um, and then um, Jack Rodwell. He was quite nice. Yeah. Um, and then you look a bit like Jack Rodwell. Mm-hmm. He was taller than me. And then Vincent. Company. company, yeah, yeah. So you had some yeah. good defensive uh, footballers there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then goalkeeper guy whose name I've got like Pantelamon or. Okay. 
Yeah. Nobody not heart. Not no. basically not Joe Hart. Pantelemon <laughs> sounds like a Pokemon, doesn't it? It does. Pantelemon. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've been doing a few of these our FIFA crossbar challenges with a few footballers, mm. which will be our rolling out. Basically, yeah, we're like basically stocking them up. Yeah, and we'll do one a week. Where will yeah. we be able to find them, Daniel? Other than on IGN. <laughs> on a website that we work at. <laughs> Other than on IGN. Other on Xbox Live dashboard. Yeah. On if the you IGN download, app. If, if you, you haven't downloaded Xbox it. Live, download the app mm. and you'll basically get out this week, which is done by Pete Donaldson. You'll get all our video reviews and basically all the video content that we put up each week on IGN. And out this week Very is cool. the best thing we produce at the moment. Yeah. So good. Because none of Take, us are involved in it. <laughs> Take a look at it. Yeah. Well, Pete's one of us. Yeah, but yeah, if you want to laugh, it's very funny him talking about the games that are coming out this week. Mm. And, it's the name. Yeah. and even watch past episodes. It doesn't even matter if they're not out this week. No. Yeah. yeah, very funny. It's, it's Jeff genius. Bridges. His bridge building thing is my favourite thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, all right, lads, let's get on to some news, shall we? Yes. Yeah. Lukey, you're right. up first, I think. Cool. Um, well, we've got some stuff about Modern Warfare 4, um, Call of Duty, which has apparently been outed by the voice actor who played Captain Price. Call of Duty's gay. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> who'd, have, who'd have thought? Um, okay, the actor. Don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, the, the actor is called Bill Murray, but not not that Bill Murray. Oh no, it's Murray. Billy Murray. It's, it's Billy Murray, it's Billy Murray yeah. from EastEnders, I think. Yeah, really. Yeah, on those insurance ads. Is it a British guy? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah so. it's Billy Murray. He was in EastEnders. He was the. He's, he's quite. Every, good everywhere it's been story, reported. Did you write this? No, but everywhere it's been reported, there's Bill Murray. But uh, obviously they they <laughs> Bill make. Bill Murray's just saying. <laughs> but he's <laughs> chimed in. Yeah, Bill Murray's just getting up to Billy Murray. Yeah, I'm sure it's Billy Murray. Okay, well, Bill or Billy Murray, who is not the Bill Murray, who voiced Captain Price in the first three games, told this is Xbox. Yeah, on Monday, I'm off to meet Infinity Ward about the next game, Modern Warfare 4. I'm doing work on the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing work on the sequel to Modern Warfare 3. Carry straight on, and I only ever appear in the Modern Warfare games. Um, and then Infinity Ward rebuked him on Twitter, saying, Interesting news today, but not true. We've not talked with any voice actors, so it's all speculation. Um, but we have heard details before about this. Um, well, it's obviously like, happening. It's obviously, God, happening. Yeah. it's obviously happening. Well, the and stuff we've heard before, the, the, game, be in it. the stuff we've heard before suggests that it's um, a job listing suggests that they're gonna it's gonna be for next gen, uh, which yeah. you, you you believe like you know Black Ops Two just coming out. I want the game which is Captain Price the Young Years where he has a little tiny pencil mustache. That'd be good. <laughs> like, like, like Errol Flynn or something. But isn't it ironic that it's names his name's Bill Murray because it's like Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. All the oh. games are the same. Scumbin Face said the same. Phil. He's going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> if he comes out, it's Call of Duty for six more yeah, years. He's camping. He's camping in there. <laughs> he, uh, he's also in Strippers vs. Werewolves. Is he? <laughs> yeah, well, I want to see the strippers versus werewolves versus cottonies versus zombies. <laughs> <match up. laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it was definitely Billy Murray, and it was um, Johnny Allen. He played in EastEnders for about ten odd years. He's he been Captain Price in every Modern Warfare, hasn't he? Yeah, he's good. Like he's he's great in that role. Yeah, yeah. he's got a he's great a good voice act- for that. He's a good actor, actually. And then played Call of Duty. Nice. Uh, what about some GTA news, Crooks? This is another story that contributed to the meltdown of IGN this week. Guitar. Um, well, well, let, we know we, roughly when it's coming out. Can now? we talk about the timing of the announcement? In what way? What well, you, there was leaks that, that you, it was coming out in spring. Story, you know, well, there was leaks it was coming out in spring because the Polish website posted posters from uh, retailers. Right, they said spring 2013. And then, and then, uh, and then the game in Brighton tweeted a picture of the same thing. And so, when the embargo lifted for Assassin's Creed Four, uh, Assassin's Creed Three, yeah. okay, yeah. at four o'clock in the afternoon. All the all the reviews are dropping, and GTA Rockstar decided to post the news that 
that was the release date, confirmed the release I just, date. I love their audacity. They yeah. do not give a shit. Do they? they do not. <laughs> Everything give a broke. Shit. Didn't Review and buy your list for big, arguably the biggest game of the year. I oh, was going to drop this. I seem to think they did it last year for Call of Duty, didn't they? Yeah. They they dropped they dropped the, the trailer right when Call of Duty was coming. Yeah, around out. that time. Yeah. yeah. Are they going to get bigger and bigger? Like they'll they'll drop the next one during a royal wedding or something. Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In the last minute, the World Cup final. <laughs> Do you not care? The ten seconds, the Olympic hundred meter starts. Yeah, we'll drop it now. Yeah. Fuck the Olympics. Is Rockstar is that the mate who always steals your thunder, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that would be. Two <laughs> in the Olympics. Right, okay. Uh, Queen's <laughs> speech. I want the next one during the Queen's speech. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sam and Dan Houser just interrupting you, taking over every network. <laughs> right, okay. So we know when it's coming out roughly spring 2013, which is kind of what some of us predicted. Mm. Yeah, and that's really soon. And that's that's really, really soon. And this yeah. gen. I think it's that covers knew. anywhere from March to about May time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Max Payne was scheduled for May, uh, March last year, but it slipped to May. Yeah. May has been traditionally the kind of rock star release window of last few mm. years with Red Dead and L.A. Noir. I think it's a really good window for them. Because they yeah. own the summer and then they own Christmas as well because, you know, they've got eight months to have a game. Pre-orders out. are coming out, uh, like available from this week as well, aren't this they? Monday. Do you yeah. know what I read, though? In Take-Two's um, financial call, um, they revealed that uh, GTA and Red Dead accounted for 28% of their fiscal earnings the last quarter. 28% is from two games. That's crazy. It's just uh, that, so that's take two. That includes two K then as well. Yeah, includes two K. Right, yeah. Okay, so you put that in. That's yeah. Wow. Yeah. But so there's new images as well. Some new images. Um, woman holding an iPhone. It's not Ooh. an iPhone, but you know what I mean. Fruit bowl, isn't it? it? Looks like an iPhone. And then there's another picture which shows female police officers and dogs. As yeah. Well. Rottweilers. First time dogs have been in GTA. So I'm very excited about that. USP. <laughs> <laughs> and that's off the back of the new image that came out the other week. Yeah, the, um, w- w- we're anticipating a trailer sometime soon as well. Yeah. Well, pre-orders start on Monday. Yeah, and there's some talk about them. So, is it right the copy for the pre-order says following on from our new trailer? The cop. Apparently, there's a letter that I've seen for it that has been sent out to a retail. I think it was Target in the states. It says. Following the release of our second trailer, we're now happy to announce that GTA is ready. GTA Five is ready for pre-order, and so that pre-orders do start on Monday. So probably by the time you listen to this, there is a second trailer out there. Uh, and it's been delayed actually because of Hurricane Sandy. Um, uh. Rockstar released a statement saying we are working on a second trailer. Unfortunately, Hurricane Sandy has derailed our plans somewhat, but they're intending to show something off very, very soon. Exciting! Yeah. Ooh. I can't <laughs> wait for GTA. Honestly, I've got a boner for that. I have news that isn't as exciting. Uh. I'll say it anyway. Um, X-Men Days of Future Past is happening, the X-Men first-class sequel. Um, and Matthew Vaughan has stayed true to form and pulled out. Very good. Um, <laughs> he, he was <laughs> directing Thor and then pulled out of that. He was directing X-Men The Last Stand and pulled out of that. Um, he turned down Kick-Ass 2 and now he was directing this one and he's pulled out of What's it. What's his problem? What's he doing? I don't know. What is his problem? Particularly with this one, I'm yeah. not sure what the story is because I know with the other one, well, X-Men's The Last Stand, it's obvious why he pulled out because yeah. the film wasn't going to be any good. Is that the one where he jumped ship and went to Superman? No. Well, he jumped out of something and went to Superman, didn't he? I'm did he? No, you're talking about Brian Singer. about Matthew Vaughan first. Oh, right, yeah. Matthew, didn't he pull out of X-Men because the script wasn't ready and he wasn't ready, he wasn't prepared to start it without a script? Is that right? I Is think it, so, wait, yeah. You know what? Fair enough. Yeah. If that's true, yeah, yeah, fine. I mean, he's going to produce it still. He's yeah. staying involved, but 
Brian Singer is directing it. That's such a shame, I think. Brian Singer, yeah, who directed, obviously, X-Men and X2. Um, why do you think that's a shame, Dan? Well, Tom was saying that it feels like a backward step, because it is a backward step. And I know, like, X-Men, I think X- the first X-Men's all right. There's so much to set up in that first X-Men mm. movie that it's, it's a bit of a thankless task. X2 is great, and for a long time it reigned supreme as the best superhero movie. I think you go back, it doesn't stand up quite so well but just nothing else was as good at that at the time yeah. I just think and then Superman Returns that was awful well, it was just I think it was a bit indulgent it was a love letter to the movie that he remembered as a kid yeah. Cause, I mean James Masters left the X-Men tried to go with him to Superman well yeah and the, well, the, well he's in X-Men 3 they kind of wrote but that's why he, yeah because um, he, he has to leave I just think I think it's a shame not because I don't think Brian Singer will do a decent job of it I just I think it's more of a shame because Matthew Vaughan did such a good a job of First Class. But uh, First Class why. is one of the, my favourite films last year. Yeah. I think you still think it's brilliant. And I was expecting more of that. And I like the continuity of a uh, di- director returning to that. Like, what, what do you think, Chris? Well, um, talking about continuity, I think, I think Singer knows what he's doing mm. in this universe. And the point is, if this film is going to be combining the old with the new, it's no bad thing having the guy that yeah, directed right. mm. Hugh Jackman and all these characters. So... It's, <clears throat> so I remember they were saying like Magneto was gonna. So have they confirmed like Ian McKellen and stuff? Is that no? Is, Ian McKellen's Ian McKellen's hinted at it. I mean, they've just not announced it. I think. Okay. I think if you're a betting man, they're all going to be in it, and there's going to be a lot of crossover happening. I mean, Patrick Stewart mentioned something, hasn't he? Yeah. And also Famke Janssen, but then uh, yeah. she and was the, filming in Wolverine. A lot, of, the, a lot so. of those actors seem quite willing to come back and do the cameos and stuff. They yeah. seem quite up for it. Yeah. Well, they look like they enjoyed those movies, mm. and I think probably the younger, the, the new X Men and the old X Men probably want to act with each other. Like, yeah. I think it's quite an exciting prospect yeah. because they're all such talented actors. Maybe well, it's a good point just yeah. to, even though we weren't going to talk about this, about the Wolverine stuff that came out. Like, the poster was released this week, which I thought was actually quite a cool poster. Like, <coughs> it's kind of like a Japanese um, ink drawing. Yeah. It's obviously yeah. referring to the Japanese saga. Yeah. And that's been revealed to be a sequel. It's, it takes place, it happens in the same continuity as has been established in the movies already. And it's after X-Men Last 3. Album. Which is good, but that's it, which would make sense thematically because at the end of X Men Three, he is utterly heartbroken because mm. he's killed the woman he loves. So it makes sense for him to then go away. And I think X Four is planned. Like everything we've heard since the X Four is happening. Like, is it? Yeah, there's been, well, like in interviews, like everyone said that the plan was it's going to be Wolverine sequel. Then, well, there was that Magneto sequel, uh, like kind of prequel oh, that was meant to happen. Yeah, but then it was yeah. meant to be. Um, last well, Magneto th- prequel was X Men First Class. Yeah, uh, but then, yeah, and then it was meant to be the uh, the second first class, the second um, prequel, and then yeah, they were meant to do X Four. Apparently, I'd be surprised if that's going to happen now. Mm. With, with 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 this, this could be a taking off as a comment. I've also heard that the the Wolverine is going to be flashbacks to World War Two as well. Is there? Gonna be I think that, that was one of my favourite bits, although there wasn't many of them. But in the first Wolverine movie, actually showing him going through all those wars and that opening montage was actually probably the best bit in the movie. Yeah, uh, the only bit I liked. Yeah, it was quite evocative. Wasn't very good. But I know I'm in a minority on that one. And also, is, is Hugh Jackman actually just ageless? Well, I was thinking that, but then yeah. think about Patrick Stewart. Has he actually aged but in the last 20 or did, years? Or did he just adopt an old look early <laughs> in life? Yeah. Basically, he continued on the baby look. Yeah. <laughs> I've, have you ever seen Patrick Stewart with hair? I've never. No. Has he ever had hair? 
He must have done when he was a, when he was a child. <laughs> he wasn't born bald. And he might have gone bald. Really Duncan, could you? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to have a look at it up now. Um, <laughs> well, before you do that, Tom, tell us about Castle Wolfenstein. 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 <laughs> Castle Wolfenstein. So Wolfenstein is a, it's a very old sort of first-person shooter, mm. which um, I used to play back in the day. So um must be old. Uh, and they have announced that they're making a big screen adaptation of it with Roger Avery, who... He wrote the original Silent Hill movie. He also co-wrote Pulp Fiction. Indeed. He produced, um, I think he produced Silent Hill as well, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so do you want to hear the synopsis? It sounds awesome. Um, Castle Wolfenstein is an action-adventure film in the vein of Captain America and Inglorious Bastards. The story follows a young US Army captain and a British special agent on a top-secret mission to Castle Wolfenstein, where Hitler will be for the unveiling of a new secret weapon. After reaching the castle, our heroes are confronted with Himmler's SS Paranormal Division and must fight not only for their survival, but for the mission that could alter the course of the war. That sounds fucking badass. Yeah. I've been waiting for years for them to make a movie of this. It just seems like a no-brainer, really. Yeah. Although, <laughs> although it, it seems a little bit like Captain America. Yeah, I guess so. But with, that, with actual Hitler, with actual, with actual Hitler, mm. <laughs> who would you who would play Hitler? Oh God, Ronnie uh, Corbett. No. Ronnie Corbett. Ronnie Corbett. I'm all over that shit. <laughs> In very heavy prosthetic. Uh, so what's Avery do? He's producing it. He's writing, directing it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's writing, directing it. Yeah, I think he directed a couple of films back in the day. I think he might have done Killing Zoe, maybe. Like yeah, the, you the, might the be Tarantino right. Tarantino knockoff. Yeah. I've seen Killings Zoe. The, the, yeah, it was all, it the was box always used to terrify me. There was about 10, 12 films that came out like in the few years after Reservoir Dogs that were all really similar. And that one got a bit more notice because he'd co-written Pulp Fiction. But yeah, it's right, got you. substandard. And it might not be by I him I did now. The Rules of Attraction as well. Yeah, we're, Killing Zoe, The Rules of Attraction. Rules of Attraction's brilliant. Yeah. See that? That's yeah. a really cool film. Yeah. Is that the one Van Der Beek in? Yeah, and Van Der Beek is... Or Dawson is amazing in it. Yeah. <laughs> Playing an absolute bastard. Oh, Dawson. Um, all right. Is that it for the week then? There's nothing else to talk about this week, is there? No, no nothing else it. happened. Nothing else oh, hold on. No, oh. I've, got, I've got something here. Oh, Should Disney have announced... What, they've... They bought Lucasfilm. What? What's happening, Chris? What's happening? I'm too bad. Well, obviously, I think the whole world and his dog knows about this. Uh, but just to reiterate it, um, Walt Disney Company has acquired Lucasfilm Limited for $4.05 billion. Uh, not only that, but in two, 2015, they will be releasing Star Wars Episode 7. <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. Ooh, I think this is like the JFK moment. Where were you when you heard this news? Because I think you had the best story, Tom. Because Tom <laughs> went into a screening of Skyfall, seeing it for the second time. And while this was announced, it's kind of like the Omega Man or Walking Dead. You came out and you, you just texted me going, Nerd Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. I couldn't believe, literally couldn't believe it. Well, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I mean, most of us found out about it on Twitter. Yeah, but you, yeah. you see the first tweet and you think it's a joke. Yeah, you, well, this, It's only thing. when you see some more that you, that you start... Re- and then you have to click to like an official story. Because yeah. there's so much stuff as well about like you know rumours, oh, is it going to happen? I just assumed, oh, someone's hinted something again. But no, it was like Disney have said, like, we're releasing this film that, then. That picture of him, though, signing the contract. He, he looks, looks so, so No, he looks sad. Yeah. He looks like... I don't know. Like he's, he's signing over his life, but... Well, yeah, it must be weird. It must be weird to give away. It's like giving away your baby. Yeah. Which we've all done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, just me. Um, No, but it was really interesting the way they all unfolded, though, because 
you know, there was press releases and then there was a video um, and then a bit more information slipped out and then you start getting quotes from other people and it was just really exciting for two days, yeah. like finding out more and more. Um, so what are the basics of the deal? Um, well, Kathleen Kennedy uh, was made co-chairman of Lucasfilm a few months ago. She's now president of Lucasfilm. She is the new George Lucas. She's going to be overseeing everything in terms of films, toys, comics. I'm right in thinking she produced the prequels. She, she's done a lot of producing, hasn't she? She's I don't know if she did. She produced E.T. She's worked with Spielberg a lot. Back she? to the Future, yeah. She produced Gremlins, Indiana Jones. She produced a little film called Jurassic Park, fellas. Mm. Never heard of it. But yeah, it was, it was her, Frank Marshall and Steven Spielberg were a team for right. a long period of time. So she basically knows what she's doing. Um, what did Lucas, Lucas's actual quote was, For the past 35 years, one of my greatest pleasures has been to see Star Wars pass from one generation to the next. It's now time for me to pass Star Wars on to a new generation of filmmakers. I've always believed that Star Wars could live beyond me, and I thought it was important to set up the transition during my lifetime. Because this goes back... The, when the prequel trilogy came out, there was always this thing about there being another trilogy mm -hmm. that set after the original trilogy, episodes four to six. Do we think that's going to be his design? And it'll be that sort of like no, because it's well, it's an original story. Is one of the no, but that was an original story. Yeah, no, but um, well, it's because he um, because you know, there's official canon that's kind of happens after the Battle of Yavin and all of this, and you know, stuff that happens involving them having kids and their kids are force sensitive and all of this, and one of them goes to the dark side and blah blah blah. blah. But that's, but that's but the it, extended universe. But no, but that's canon, and George Lucas oversaw that, and that's all fine. So now that's presumably going to become non-canon. And the films are going to become canon. Yes. So I mean, that's and, and it, the, they've already confirmed that the films are going to be original stories, not those ones that have been yeah. set out. Yeah, but that, yeah. But, so but that, quite... could, that could still be the thing he originally planned. Like, yeah, like, it could still mm. be that original trilogy. Just interesting to see like it, how the it, canon. It, it, you know, I remember when I was a kid, him talking about it, and then it all kind of went quiet. And even when he announced the prequels, everyone thought it was going to be part of the mm. process of the prequels and then the sequels. And then I think he changed his mind basically. I think after the reception, he probably would. Wouldn't yeah, and um, so yeah, we don't really know where they're going to be or what they're going to be. Let me see if I've... And Mark Hamill's spoken up saying that George Lucas told him about this last summer. Last summer, last yeah. Summer, him and Carrie lunch Fisher with, yeah, yeah, lunch with him. Do you think he just got sick of all the criticism that... Because everyone was out to get him, wasn't they, about Star Wars? He, he just couldn't win. Um, no, I think he does want it to continue. Um, but do you think, I think he was he... sick of everyone saying George Lucas has destroyed Maybe he Star doesn't Wars? Want to he doesn't strike me as the kind of person that, that gets bothered by that kind right. of thing. And I know that the friggin' kids love those prequels and that... He's, he always says he's made them for them, not not for us grown-ups. But um, I feel like I feel like this has been in his mind for a long time. He's just not really talked about it. Um, the Mark Hamill quote was, yeah, he says, I had no idea George Lucas was going to sell Disney until I read it online like everybody else. Um, he did tell us last summer about wanting to go on and do episodes 7, 8, and 9. Um, he seems to be in a really good pace. He's really happy. And that's nice because I know that when we were making the movies, he was not a jolly guy on set. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said he has no idea whether it will be involving Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Um, he just said he thought that, that, that Lucas told them because um, he wanted them to know before the general yeah. public did. And then another guy said they, that people in, within Lucasfilm were told back in June that they were developing these movies. Yeah. So i reckon they're probably quite far along with the, well, the treatments the thing, of what they're going to be because 2015 is it's soon so if they haven't started pre-production and they've said every other year after that as well yeah, haven't they said 2017 and 2019 yeah. for two and three and then after that and then we'll see and we'll but go from always, there we'll see that always one, be stuff 
It was always going to happen. It's about giving the franchise to a responsible company. Because I don't think you'll now see all the things that people really deride him for, which is kind of like Vodafone tie-ins with Yoda. You never see Disney pimping out Mickey like that, that freely. There'll be a... Because um, we've got an email, actually, from a um, listener called Hamilton, who's written into the show before, and he says, Will this mean an end to George Lucas's dictatorship over the franchise, in turn leading to original cut Blu-rays and new movies that will not be shit? He's creative consultant still, isn't he? I don't know if that's just on the films or within the company at large. Yeah, in terms of the original trilogy, um, th- it, there was a conference call that people were able to listen to. And um, what they mentioned in that is that Fox retains ownership and distribution of all existing Star Wars movies until that contract expires, which is 2020. Um, apart from Episode Four, Star Wars, uh, which Fox owns in perpetuity. Which does that mean? It just continues on. Forever, yeah. So, yeah, uh, there's no indication as to what that means, but I think sooner or later we will see those films in their original. Because Disney are really good at uh, being ar- archivists, aren't they? Yeah. And yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they really like protect their original. Yeah, uh, but obviously they won't. They won't own them until for, for no. at least eight years. But I wouldn't be surprised if it happens before then. I, th- I think he's just he'll give in to. I think on that front he will give in eventually. Yeah. I th- I had got to the point where I decided I wasn't getting excited about Star Wars anymore. And I now think we all had. I think and we now all had. I think this yeah. is the one thing that's gone. Yeah. Actually, my initial gut reaction was like, oh, just pl- fuck off. Like it really was. I was. Go- I was going to tweet that. I was going to go fuck off. And I was like, actually, why? Why am I being like that? I love Star Wars. Yeah. And there's loads of Star Wars, but so what? The the original films still remain. You still enjoy them. They're going to make more Star Wars films. They could be brilliant. Yeah. They might not be. And, and if they're, they're not, not you just discount them. It's fine. I do you know what? There is now out of George's hands and into the hands of the people that made the Avengers. They know what to who, do. Who uh, made the Muppets? Yeah. Who did? Who rebooted the Muppets? Who, who are now in Pixar? You know, this is the talented people who know exactly what people want. Who, uh, you know, uh, and they reliably make quality films. I know there's like Pirates of the Caribbean and there's some notable exceptions to that, but still. National Treasure. I, I was just really excited. Like, you know, I was excited about The Old Republic and all of that. I mean, that one tits up. Just Star Wars is great. And also, now that they have this, does this mean if Kingdom Hearts 3 ever occurs, we maybe see some Monkey Island characters in there? Just want everything. Like that. Yeah, just I want, want it all. Monkey Island, I want Star Wars characters in there. With the Pantsy thing is, a lot of people <clears> are talking <throat> about those kind of mashups that you get, like mm. weird tie-ins. You, you, you won't. They, well, they that don't. That they, came out of Mickey and Vader. I was a bit like, Ooh. They'll, they'll protect the brands. They'll keep them. They do oh, keep yeah. them separate. Like, like, the, I guarantee, se- though, you'll see a Star Wars figure in Toy oh, yeah, Story but, Four. Yeah. I guarantee you will. But but that 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 works. And you'll have you'll have they already have Star Wars stuff in Disneyland. Yeah. That, they'll yeah. just expand it. Well, I bought it. Yeah. So they with Lucasfilm, they haven't just bought Star Wars, have they? They've bought all of it. They've, they've bought, bought, in, bought Indiana Jones, yep. um, Willow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what other? Fr- oh, Young Indiana Jones. Could you imagine if that came back now? Young you Indiana that. Jones. They, that's, that's what, they, what should they should do. That is totally what they should do. We should reboot it. Well, will yeah, they redo like more Monkey Islands and stuff as well? Yeah. But, you know. The thing is, they've got all of it. They've also got ILM, ILM, and Pixar <laughs> now owned by the same company. Do you imagine the kind of weird kind of cross pollination that that will enable? It is worth pointing out that they've expressly stated that. Um, Star Wars thirteen thirteen development will not be affected in any way, shape, or form, and that's still continuing. No, he's got Mickey ears. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's all kind of like being developed separately, and I don't know. There was something weird about ownership of so that. So it's also Skywalker Sound. So it's all the kind of, you know, the big companies that a lot of Hollywood um, produ- um, films use. But I just lo- love the idea of Indiana Jones now being in safe hands again. Yeah, 
I just that's just so exciting. And that was me looking forward to Shia LaBeouf coming back in the fifth one. Just done. Um, so who would just you? Luke. <laughs> who do you want to see directing Star Wars Seven? My my first shout was J.J. Abrams. Too tied up in Star Trek, but surely. I think he's probably too closely linked with Star Trek now to, to be a Luke. Yeah. Who would you like to see? I'm not quite sure. Well, I mean, because I was mumbling about Whedon, but I don't think his directing like comedy style would really work. I mean, and I think he's too tied up with Marvel as well now. I don't so know. Star Wars is quite tongue in cheek, isn't it? Like, mm. But Aven- Avengers Two is out in 2015, yeah, and yeah. so is Star Wars. And I'm, assu- I'm assuming that. he's like kind of. I think his contract is specifically with the Marvel side of it, not with like Disney on mass. Um, so. Duncan Jones. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the right man for the job. Depends. But the thing is, he could do offshoot movies. I guess you could focus in other aspects of the Star Wars universe. Danny Boyle, boom. Rather than episode seven to nine. Danny Boyle. That would yeah. give it a strange feel. I've spoken yeah. to Danny Boyle enough times about stuff like this. He won't do a superhero movie. He won't do a Star Wars really? movie. Yeah, I'm all, I always ask him. He fucking hates superhero movies. He just thinks <laughs> they're stupid. I just think. I don't. Know, do you think just an unknown? Would they trust it with an unknown? No, I don't no think way. so. Do they have no. an unknown cast. Well, I know the show cast, maybe. But the thing is, it, it could be a relative unknown. Batman Begins, Christopher Nolan hadn't done much at that point. Yeah. I know he was, Star Wars. He, yeah. But I mean, in, in momentum, a, he had a good he? cult following, though. Yeah. But that's that's kind of who. Yeah, pick. you need somebody you know, proven themselves. Like yeah, yeah. Mentor, I'd you rather know, that than kind of some I'd jaded like, action director yeah. hack. About Brad Bird. I like, I like the idea of Brad Bird doing it. He's only done one live action film before, and it was Mission Impossible 4, which good. I thought was great. Michael Bay. Boom. Imagine if Aronofsky <laughs> did it. Aronofsky. Well, Terence Malick. Terence Malick making a five hour Star Wars movie. <laughs> David Lynch. Get him, get him back on board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rich, who would you like to see direct it? Do you know what? I, I don't know. Um, I, I I really can't, I can't put my finger on it yet. I don't know if I'd want to see a big action or whether I'd want a kind of a more story based director. I'd like to see Edgar Wright do it. That's a great shout. Good shout. I think he'd be really good. That is a great shout. Let's make. Let's start the campaign here. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Edgar Wright for Star Wars Seven. Who, who, who's going to be the main character in it? Well, um, I don't know. There's a, there's a guy called Dale Pollock who wrote an unauthorized biography of George Lucas, and he has read the outlines for episodes seven, eight, and nine, the the original ones. Um, but he's had to sign a confi- confidentiality agreement. But then he's talked about it here, so. <laughs> Uh, not in great detail, but um, to quote him, he says, It was originally a 12-part saga. The three most exciting stories were 7, 8, and 9. They had propulsive action, really interesting new worlds, and new characters. I remember thinking, I want to th- see these three movies. He added that an older version of Luke Skywalker appears in the final trilogy. Then again, I probably could have said that. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing really there from a script. <laughs> propulsive a- action. <laughs> Surely not from a script. No, no it's lethargic and awful. From an old <laughs> So that'd be quite cool, Luke, um, being like kind of old David Mark. I, yeah, I would love to see That's Mark how Hamill. You do it. Oh, old Mark Hamill in it. I would love Entirely to see Entirely in black, green lightsaber. I've missed that guy. Shit, the last yeah. of the Jedi. He's the last of the Jedi. Well, not anymore, because it's the thing. Because you know, like, he sets up a training academy on... And stuff. Luke! Theory. What? That's not a thing. It might um, be. I will not give a shit. I bet well, you they would not... But th- the only problem is, like, uh, Mark Hamill's ha- aged okay. Harrison Ford's aged pretty well. Carrie Fisher's going to look very different, isn't she? <laughs> I love Carrie Fisher. <laughs> she's my favourite. I don't think she's, she's Princess Leia anymore, she? is she? <laughs> she's, she's quite eccentric, isn't she, Carrie Fisher? Yeah. yeah. She's, also my f- she's now my favourite Disney princess. So can anyone see any negatives to this? No. I think, it's, um, uh, I think the advertising's going to rein itself in. I reckon we'll be quite positive compared to a lot of people who listen to this podcast. 
Yeah. But I think Star Wars is one of those things people like to get really intensed about. I don't know. People are normally pissed off when we slag off the prequels. Yeah. That's what I find. So it's still out of love of... Either side is out of love for this. Yeah. Do you think Disney will invest in the Star Wars TV show that they've got the 50 episodes room of? Well, they haven't um, sold it to a network yet. So ABC di- is owned by yeah. Disney. So I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to ABC. The whole thing was... Uh, when we spoke to Rick McCallum earlier in the year, is he's trying to figure out a way to make it and to partner with a TV station to kind of split the costs. And S.H.I.E.L.D.'s going to be on the ABC. Imagine mm. that, S.H.I.E.L.D. and the new Star Wars Oh, show. wow. That'll be... <laughs> Look at that. That'll be great. It's all coming together. What's happened to TV? TV's just gone so big now. TV's gotten it? good. TV is the new film. It, it <laughs> is. <laughs> like condensed film. There's a proper like, talent drain away from cinema to TV. Yeah. Like, writing and production. Right. We are living in exciting times. Yeah. And, and on a sidebar, um, George Lucas revealed where he was going to spend the money. Yeah. Because um, Lucas owns 100% of Lucasfilm, uh, <laughs> meaning that he gets all of the $4.05 billion. <laughs> um, and he has uh, a spokesperson for the company said, George Lucas has expressed his intention in the event the deal closes, which it has, uh, to donate the majority of proceeds to his philanthropic <laughs> endeavours. Um, and he said, for 41 years, the majority of my time and money has been put into this company. As I start a new chapter in my life, it is gratifying to devote more time and resources to philanthropy. So he's going to give it to charity. That's, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. That's good of him. Yeah, so that's lovely. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I good for that. you, George. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like in Venice, he's probably, I probably, I think he's probably sitting on a lot more than that. Personally. He gets money from every single bit of Star Wars merchandise that yeah. gets sold, and he's how much is that? Every, yeah, every it's very like easy to be philanthropic when you know Angry Birds Star Wars is coming along. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, this is going to cost me, but uh, I found out this week that every time someone uses the word droid, they have to pay him. Really? Yeah, Lucas owns the word droid, and uh, Verizon or someone were doing adverts where they talked about droids, and they had to pay him. He's, he's got ownership of that word. Wow. Owning a word, <laughs> I own that word, and I own Lichtenstein. Well, he owns yeah. that. Well, when <laughs> you think about it, if word. he owns Droid, he owns a shitload of words because he's yeah. made a lot of words yes. that have become well, lightsaber and all of that. Like, did he develop the word Droid then? That was well, like, yeah, I guess he just shortened the word Android. But I guess if he was the first person to use it, and he's but can you somehow can you own a word? Can you copyright? Uh, he licensed like it. Yeah. Wow. Apparently so. Well, if you've got the nows to do that, fair shout. It's a good, good quiz question potentially. That's very good. It's a good money maker. Well, not now. Some words now. <laughs> not now that you've read it out. But yeah, we'd love to get everyone's um, feedback on what they think of yeah. this. I imagine people have quite a lot to say about it. Yeah, mm. I think next week's podcast could potentially be <laughs> just, just feedback. Just feedback Star about Wars, the yeah. Star Wars deal. But that's not all this week, because the internet broke because of a, another big review, another big game that's come out. Which one? That, that, that one where you jump off buildings, <laughs> climb trees. Free running. This one. generation's greatest tree climbing simulator, mm. Assassin's Creed Three. <laughs> yep. Which was reviewed by Kez. And um, what did it get? She gave it an eight point five. Eight point five. Yeah. Another good game out. Which is a really good score. And mm. I think all yeah. internet's like, oh, I give it eight point five. Eight point five is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Eight point five is like, you should play this game. Who's played it in this room? I've not touched it yet. I'm going to start it this weekend. Okay. Yeah, I haven't had time. Nope. I haven't had a chance. It's a yet. big old game. It's quite a sort of... I think, that's the, I think that's the main uh, pro is that how ambitious it is you and how massive it is. It's like when you buy one of those like massive novels like Thomas Pynchon and it sits on your bookshelf and you're like, oh, I can't really get myself psyched up for watching that or playing yeah. that because it's a good 20, 40 hour game depending how much you do on the side bits. If you do everything, it's about 40 hours. I think it's going to have to be my Christmas game to be honest. It's I've good got Christmas too much, too much Yeah. So... 
Um, but also Assassin's Creed Liberation as well. On the Vita, Vita. which must be fairly good, like 7.2 we gave it. And that, you know, by by the standards of the Vita's kind of meagre library, 7.2 is quite good. Did you see the advert for the Vita that was going around yesterday? Yeah. It was in a French oh, magazine, a yes. Canadian magazine. The and they, com- they compared it to a woman with four breasts, two on the front, two on the back. Because you could touch them on the front and on the back. It was the weirdest advert. It's, it's comparing it to something that doesn't exist in reality. Well, it's someone, they saw the joke going on Twitter. They said um, the Vita is like a four-breasted woman. No one's got one. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. But, um, Lovely banter. What films are out? Um, Silent Hill Revelation 3D. Which I went to New York to see and to interview the cast, all of which <laughs> that's expensive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. cheaper than Leicester Square. I just really love the Silent Hill franchise. And I'm sad to report it's not very good. Mm. Do, you want a, do you want a review from my mum? Yeah, my mum texts me that. to say uh, I'm, I'm going to see Silent Hill too, and I te- she texts me, "Film was rubbish!" Exclamation mark kiss. <laughs> <laughs> we should get our mums to review more stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. Um, the first one. I thought it was, was okay. I thought it was very atmospheric. It was pretty scary. I didn't really like the last half hour too much. This one is just a mess. It's, it's mm. not scary at any point. Some of the acting's terrible. The dialogue's terrible. Some of the effects are great. Some of them are awful. It's just, I think it's killed the franchise stone dead. Or, or if not, they'll be straight to Blu-ray quickies. It's a shame because there's potential there. And they had a director who's made some good horror movies, but... They just got it wrong on every level. Yeah. Even in the trailer, the CGI just didn't look no. right. And you think in the trailer, you yeah. work your hardest to polish it just to hoodwink well, people. You know, well, it looked like it was from 10 years ago, some yeah. of the CGI. Like with, with the monster coming down from the from the shelf. Or, yeah. Uh, when she's in the, uh, I, don't, oh, I don't know what room she's in. And it just, it just looked so bad. Yeah, it was a shame because I had, I had to, I just thought this one was going to work. I thought it was going to, I thought they had the right ingredients. Mm. And there's some really good actors in it. I love the idea of it. Yeah. So okay. that's one bad video game movie, but the rumblings are that there's a very, very good video game movie coming it's out soon. It's a video game movie. It's a game what, what, movie about Ralph? video games. Yeah, our review's live. What did we give it? 9.5. What? Oh. It's the best animated movie of the year. Best animated movie of the year, best video game movie ever. It's it looks hilarious. Well, again, look there's amazing. not a lot of competition for either of those. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pixar had a bad year uh, with their movie, and there's never really been a good... It was Brave. Brave was oh, shit. I started watching Brave on the plane, and I only lasted five minutes. Oh, no, it's awful. I saw. It's I went not to the awful. Si- it's, it's not awful. Just it's just average. It's just yeah. not up to their usual standards at all. I just, I d- exactly. just, but even like Tangled's way better than that. Yeah, I just yeah. couldn't be bothered because it, it starts off as. I quite like it, Tangled. It starts though. off as a traditional Disney movie. You think oh, it's going to be lots of songs. Forget about the songs, and then there's the weird bird transformation thing. That could be, that's the whole thing. And for, I know that's that's so the far whole thing buried into it. Yeah, Kesa loved it. Obviously, because she's in it. Kelly McDonald. Kelly McDonald is in it. Thought you said Billy Connolly. <laughs> it looks like Skyrim. Yeah. So on the film front, I would say go and see Skyfall again. Yeah, I'm doing that tonight. I haven't seen it. On that front, it. we did our uh, the results of our Bond poller in actually. So if I could remember correctly, uh, we did this poll before Skyfall. I think it would be different now, to be honest. Uh, but Casino Royale was named best movie, best Bond movie. Yeah. Uh, best villain was Blofeld, which I think we can I'd agree, all yeah. agree with. Uh, best yeah. Bond girl, Vespa Lind. Pretty good. Mm. She's pretty good. Uh, best Bond song, "Live and Let Die." I'm really not a fan of that I one. I hate "Live and Let Die," but you know what? It, it was a it was a big winner as well. It was far and away uh, 
better than what all would the you others. We say, we say um, nobody does it better. That's my favorite. Yeah, game. really. That I like Thunderball though. I, I think have Thunderball an is that's Tom Jones. Isn't yeah, it? and it's got great lyrics for Bond. I think. Uh, and Shirley Bassey's got to be in the top three. Really, Diamonds are Forever. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, my favorite actually is Goldeneye. I like Goldeneye. I'll give you that. I really like it. I mean, I as a song, I really like "A View to a Kill," but I, it doesn't feel like a great Bond song. No, it just feels like a good, good song. Duran Duran song. Uh, and I've 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 something to say to you because I dismissed "View to a Kill" as being a terrible Bond film. And I watched it the day, and it's actually quite good. You liked it? Yeah, I liked it. I really liked it. Is yeah. that Grace Jones being mental? I, I just don't want to go back because I remember liking it. Yeah, it was my first Bond film. I know. Yeah, but I was like, "Oh, you're mental." It's a crap Bond film. I actually, went back and watched it. And it's brilliant. Really? Yeah, I th- it hasn't got a very good reputation. <laughs> but I know that. I, but yeah. I know this. But I think um, is that Walken? Walken is brilliant in it. Yeah. Did you know Bowie was supposed to do the do the role? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Bowie's he a was. Bond he was originally lined up, and that's why he's all that. blonde and yeah, and, yeah. and stuff. Um, um, it's still weird that scene when he's in bed with Grace Jones, though. This uh, old man and this this muscular woman. It, it's not. It does. It's not Bond. I've seen movies like that. Um, <laughs> and then finally, it was really down to the wire for who's the best Bond. Um, and I don't know, it had about 20,000 votes, that one, and it went down to the last, you know, 100, I think, between them. And Sean Connery won, which yeah. really surprised me because it had, you know, it was weighted to the modern stuff and Daniel Craig all the way through, but Daniel People Craig was Connery second. Connery still, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He's just the classic, though, isn't he? And Lazenby got about under... <laughs> Lazenby got how many? Like- uh, not many. P- p- people... people- I think people have come around to, to quite like Lazenby now. Yeah. I just don't think he's, a lot he only of people did one, that movie. Yeah, exactly. He only he's did not, one, he's not he? the butt of jokes with the, as he was when I was a kid. Like pe- When I was a kid, On a Magic Secret Service was really laughed at and mocked. But now, it's got quite a good reputation, I think. It's considered one of the best with one of the worst Bonds. The best yeah. films with one of the worst Bonds. Yeah. Which I think is fair. Is, is fair. I, think, I think it's a great movie. It's just my favourite Bond film. I just tried to play it, it quite yeah. differently, didn't he? Tried to play it like he was in the books and didn't work out. He was just an idiot. <laughs> I think from he's really from good though in, in everything or nothing, the Bond documentary. He's really, really honest about how he just messed the whole thing up. He's really good. It's amazing how he got the part. Just totally bullshitted his way through it all. And um and then amazing how he, he lost it all. And it was in part because he, he met he, he it was summer of love. He became a hippie. He got he got some guru guy who was just telling him what to do. And he just listened to this guy and he did all these things that made the broccolis go, Yeah, fuck off. And that was bad because they had totally burnt their bridges with Connery, hadn't yeah. they? And then they had to go back begging to him. Well, Connery burnt his bridges with them. Right. He treated them never, really never, badly. And also never again. Right, yeah. Yeah, if you watch this documentary, uh, Connery comes out of it very badly. To be honest, he comes out, ba- out badly in a lot of interviews. <laughs> Especially the one where he talks <laughs> about smacking women. women. When you've tried everything else, really, Sean? But only open hand, not closed hand. Yeah. Who's in the... Oh, no, let's not go into that. Yeah, let's not. Let's do some reader it's feedback not, It's instead. not a nice way to end the podcast. <laughs> let's not get us kicked off the, the air. Uh, there's not a lot of read feedback this week, but I will just give you uh, a couple of bits. Uh, the first one is from Francis Siberini uh, from Gerard's Cross. He says, hi, guys, this question is more for Chris, but you can all answer. When I watch films, I always fail to see what you reviewers see in your critique. And I usually just think, oh, yeah, it's good. But when I read a review and I become aware of its faults, then I become aware of its faults. <laughs> so what I want to know is how do you get that critical eye? Is it something I'll mature into? I'm 17 at the moment. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. It actually. is a great question. Mm. I don't know. It's weird. I watch a film differently when I know I'm reviewing it to when I'm, I'm not reviewing it. So I'll watch it like you will uh, and relax and just let it wash over me and not really think about the negatives and just enjoy it. 
But when I know I'm reviewing it, I actually sit there with a pen and paper. Uh, some critics do, some critics don't. And it's quite hard in the dark. And it's even harder now when you're wearing 3D glasses. It's really <laughs> hard to write in the dark with 3D glasses on. But yeah, you're, I'm listening to the dialogue a lot more. I'm looking at the, I'm thinking about the pace of the film. It'll be stuff that you subconsciously probably think when you're watching it normally. But I'm making notes on all that stuff. And I think, yeah, the more you do it, the more you become, I think you do get better at it. And, you know, you, you're also thinking about context a lot more when you know you're going to review the film. So you might just be sitting there taking the film on its own merits. But when you know you've got to review it, you're thinking about it in terms of, for Skyfall, previous Bond films, previous Bond actors, previous Bond songs, all would, that kind of thing. Would you say having an insight into the filmmaking process also gives you more of a critical eye into yeah well I'm always trying to learn more it's reading books around the subject and listening to directors commentaries and watching the extras like you're always trying to increase your knowledge so you do have some uh, like a a sort of source of something or other you can draw upon um, to, to improve your review and to sort of place it in the in the history of film and the context of where I'm talking bollocks now, but um, <laughs> no, but there's a certain literature to film uh, in terms of uh, like style for film, and yeah. the for more like you know about the history, yeah, exactly, like all that sort of stuff. Film, cetera, yeah, actually. the more you know about that stuff, the more critical you can be become. Yeah. Because when you know that something's been badly shot, then instantly it flags up in your head. Well, this film's this is I wrong just, I also just watch loads of films yeah watch loads and loads of films and then it becomes an intuitive thing like so you know a good movie you know a bad movie you know if a movie's derivative you know if a movie's paying homage to another movie it becomes more instinctual but you should see the state of my pad at the end of a screening like and try and, try and the next day trying to bloody transcribe what I've written it looks like a spider's walked across it <laughs> but it's you're just writing down little quotes little moments little details that um, afterwards Quite are useful that you probably wouldn't be paying attention to if you weren't thinking about a review. But good question. Great question, Francis. Thanks for writing in. And uh, last bit is from David, and he says, "What's the deal with the podcast? Why is it so randomly uploaded to the website? I don't know why I'm even bothering to write this. There is virtually no chance of getting a reply. What's the problem with people these days? Nobody cares. That's the problem." I think he's joking. Yeah. At the okay. end, yeah. But to be fair, the podcast has become a bit haphazard for when it's been going up recently. But that's because we've had a new CMS system, sorry, a new sort of system for uploading them, and we've had it's been uh, review sub- season as well, hasn't review it? Review season. So we don't and, always shoot it on the same day. And in all and honesty, it's it's hard to record it at the same time every yeah. week, just with people being it's in and out changed. of the office. So, for example, this one we're we're recording on the Friday morning, and it'll be live by the end of the day today. But we normally try and do it on a Thursday. Um, I would say just, you know, make sure you come to the site end of day Friday. You'll definitely, well, fingers crossed it'll be up end of play on Friday. If you follow us on Twitter, then you'll get tweets. You normally know. And it also takes a little while to go on iTunes as well, which is something that's outside of our control. control. We have to upload it to the site first and then Apple, like, sweet. Um, I was like, also, can I just go back to that email about film criticism? If you want to learn more about film criticism, there's a really great book, and it's called Film Art and Introduction by David Bordwell. And I read that at university, and it takes you through every single aspect of filmmaking. And it's got it's it's quite expensive; it's about thirty, forty pounds. But it's wonderfully presented, and it shows you like everything about how to set up cameras, lighting, everything. There you go. So, or just read yeah. one of my reviews, and job done. That yeah, Frank and Weenie review. Um, is that it, guys? I think that's it for this week. Nothing so, yeah. to plug. 
Uh, yes, we do have something to oh, plug. Of course Ooh. we do. Ooh. Something Ooh. very exciting, actually. So on Wednesday, November the 7th, we are co-hosting a party with Gamer Disco, um, who used to be known as Nintendo Disco, but they're now Gamer Disco, so they're a bit they more uh, wide fan both. Game Disco. They're London and the UK's premier gaming disco, so they're really good guys. The event is happening on Wednesday night at the Book Club in Shoreditch. It's really easy to find. Uh, it's free to get in. We'll be there from 7.30 onwards until it closes, probably about midnight. And we are also going to be bringing down PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale on PS3, so you can take us on at the game. Um, you, you, and, yeah, take on each other yeah. and just come and hang out, basically. Because we, we, I just got a bit... Not sick of doing the pub quizzes, but every time at the end of a pub quiz... It's a manic dash to walk around and speak to everyone before they go. Mm. Just leave, and I want like... to just, I, I just want to hang out with you. And yeah, it'd be nice to have readers. an event where we're not working as well. Exactly, yeah. and we're not going to be working, so we can. We'll just be dancing, to be honest. Chris, <laughs> point of generic European lager for you. Oh no, you're a you're a vodka and vodka tonic. And tonic. Yeah, vodka to- yeah. yeah if Chris, he's a vodka tonic. I'll have um, I'll have just your most generic lager. Uh, something strong and European. What will you have? I'll, I'll, I'll have what I'm given. And Kamali, have a glass of wine. <laughs> no, Kamali. I'll be on the vodka. Kamali's not old enough to drink, so just get him a Coke and Tom. I don't yeah. know if I'll be there, actually. Strong European lager for me. Um, and also, if you want to find out more about it, uh, go to our Facebook page. The details are on there, aren't they? They are They are indeed. But if, we'll you, be... if you see and also if you see Alex there, just ask him for a job. Yeah. <laughs> he loves that. Just, oh, just bring some writing samples for him to read. Um, He'll love that. Great. And send us all your feedback between now and then. Um, IGNUKfeedback at IGN.com. And we're IGN UK on Twitter and Facebook. Can I just also ask if anyone comes dressed as a PlayStation character next Wednesday, they'll earn a free hug from me. And if they, if it's a woman dressing as a sexy PlayStation <laughs> character, a free hug from me. <laughs> uh, you know what that means. <laughs> oh, the lawsuits. Oh, dear. I wish, can someone say something? I don't want to end it on that. Should we go and drink some Mary Creepy ending. Brilliant. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and make sure you tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Let's have some Doritos. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.